0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All
1: right, greetings and welcome in on a Thursday morning, November 17th, 2022. Starting out your day today, 26 degrees and... uh, yeah, more wind today, so it's going to feel, feel a little bit worse out there uh, than it actually is. Cloudy skies. Looks like we still have about three days before we flip the switch back to warmer weather again, as scheduled, according to forecast, to be in the, in the uh, 50s starting on Sunday and then through most of Thanksgiving week, either 50s or high 40s. Uh, got a good show for you today. Uh, things that we are going to delve into a couple more fantasy Huskers keywords coming up at six 35 and eight 10 also are going to have ticket Thursday. We got tickets to the Wisconsin football game. We are bringing out the lie detector for the first time in quite some time, excited about this one. And, uh, we're going to test your knowledge of Wisconsin with a lie detector today with the Badgers coming in to play Nebraska. <laughs> Wisconsin. Haven't had haven't had a chance to do this one for a while, so excited about that. Uh also on the show today, the Grow Lincoln team. And Greg Sharp, uh, who just sat down last night with uh Trev Alberts uh and and got a little bit of an update on the coaching search right. that's both going Trev on, Alberts and, and Mickey, Mickey
2: Joseph last and night. And
1: Mickey, and some interesting stuff coming out of both of those interviews we'll probably not only touch on leading up to that, but of course Greg who is in the room and kind of get what his sense of the whole conversation was. On that thing. So those are some of the things that we've got going on today. Uh, By the way, driving through some of the neighborhoods, people are getting those Christmas lights up. Already? Uh, Yeah, they're getting them up.
2: Before it gets, mi- Why yeah. You well, wait I mean, until it warmed up. A next
1: week bad, is when they're really going to come. Yeah, when we got days off and we got forties and fifties.
2: Well, next week at least also makes sense because you're at least getting to Thanksgiving right.
1: week. Yeah, I, but I, would, I just I was just happening to notice it that that we're starting to get that in Lincoln and it won't be long until the uh, city is really lit up with those uh, Christmas decorations. Uh, things things to get to today, uh, news wise. Of course, you heard Tom's newscast there with a, with a bunch of stuff. Uh, w- one little bit. I know people can't get enough of the sexy floodplain talk. Um,
2: a lot of floodplain l- talk.
1: Lot, well, the Planning Commission yesterday did approve updates to the floodplain, the uh, changes that were proposed by the city. Now, we've kind of heard both sides of this. Um, you heard You heard Jason from the Chamber come on. Was that this week? Was that just a couple of days ago? Uh, or was, was that last week? week. Uh, the weeks all bleed together yeah, to me right do. now. Uh, <laughs> but he talked about some of the the reasons that perhaps uh, developers, other builders might request that you look a little bit closely about how narrowly you apply potential changes. They're looking at numbers now where Lincoln was getting more, uh, essentially getting more rain than the numbers that they were using from the 60s for this whole thing. And so you you've got you've got people who are um environmental advocates, many of them um says hey it's time to do this basically meaning if there's new construction it's got to start higher mm-hmm. i mean i'm very i'm really simplifying uh this whole thing um and and saying you know there've been there have been so there's been so much so many million dollars of damages uh infrastructure public property those sorts of things that that you've you've got to do this um But there are some, in like I said, in that development and that business community uh, who are saying that this is just kind of a one-size-fits-all deal, Um, and they're they're asking some questions about the process and how to do this, and they would like some more time to respond, get more clarification, those sorts of things. Nonetheless, the Planning Commission did go forward and approve this, and uh, it'll go to the City Council now for this. So... But, but i mean the the bottom line is they, they they say and and i don't think anybody's arguing this but the bottom line is the noaa's numbers are saying that lincoln is essentially getting more rain regularly i mean i don't use this i don't use this word to for the political connotations but the climate is is changing yeah. just in terms of of how much rainfall that lincoln is getting and those maps were based on 1961 Data. Now you wouldn't know it if you've lived in Lincoln for the last six months <laughs> that Lincoln is generally getting more rain because those uh those Everything showers
2: missed us.
1: Showers have been so few and far between on these things. Um so so uh we'll see if if what the city council does with this whole thing. But anyway, I just I've got so many people who are like, more sexy floodplain talk, please. And I'm like, we only have so many minutes in the show that we can get to this. And they're like, No no coaching talk, all floodplain, like three hours of floodplain talk. Please. Please. On on this thing. Um and so I you know, you, it it obviously is something where it will increase some development costs in in some of these parts of the city um homeowners taxpayers that obviously uh, come along with that with that as well. So anyway, that's your uh, sexy floodplain update here today on uh, on this um then the the other thing that I do want to get to is is yes we did get an update from Trev yesterday uh he's not talking publicly a whole lot uh if ever on this coaching search so you get a chance to hear it like you did here on KLIN and he's kind of hanging on every word mm-hmm. no big announcements i guess is no. the bottom line nothing didn't come on and say uh yep you guys were you guys were right it's rule uh he's right behind the uh right behind the wall here Let's i bring him out why don't, why don't we bring him out why don't we just do this right now no it, he said uh very good progress mm mm-hmm. No specific date in mind, right? although he's aware of the important dates that are coming. Transfer portal opens up, early signing period, December 21st, that sort of thing. Um, But he's, I mean, there's just, he said, one of his quotes is, I understand it's hard sometimes to say, just be a little patient, but we'll have to do that as a fan base here. I do appreciate our fans giving us space to do what we said we would do. So. There you go, and and he does. He did say, for whatever it's worth, he did say. I, I don't know if it's interesting. He said he was surprised about this, but he indicated some surprise in that the conversations that he's had in this process have shown s- still a high level of respect for Nebraska, um, the potential to to get some to get it back going again, the history, all yeah, of those things. There,
2: there were a so. lot of people that were. Kind of targeting that particular quote. Yes. Um I can see it from Steve from Steve's from Trev's vantage point that you've seen what the program's done for the last several years. Right. The outside perspective is not good. Right. Nebraska doesn't get talked well on a na- talked well about on a national stage. Right. So Yes, I can understand from his point of view that when you do go hold these private conversations, you're talking with people about what what are their views and perspectives on the program, and it being more respected than what you hear on a day-to-day, obviously we're in the eye of the storm here, so we're, we're keyed in on what's happening locally, and then, but on a national level, they don't talk about Nebraska well. So, what are those other coaches hearing? What are they thinking about it? So, it was nice to hear from Trev that those other coaches aren't looking at Nebraska specifically as well. Things haven't gone well the last seven right. years. You guys, now, I don't know if it. he'd
1: say that if they were saying that, right? But.
2: but, but I, I mean, I'm going to take his word for it that Nebraska is coming off as more respected than maybe you would have thought on a national right. level.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, so there's that, and and for for Mickey Joseph's part in it, he still indicated um, a desire to be here um, in in some form, one way or the other. I think this quote was: "We're we're talking about his family. We're not trying to leave." <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So, so which, which is a good thing. We we had said that even if you bring someone else in, it, the program's better off if you can keep Mickey Joseph as one of those assistants.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so there, there's that. So, what do you take from all this? I don't know. I mean, I don't know anymore. There have been times where I thought I had heard from um, people, you know, either first hand, second hand, that I thought, okay, this seems like pretty good information here. Just putting it through my own filter, and I thought maybe I've known something. I didn't, I, I mean, or, may, or maybe I didn't. It's just, it's just taking a, a long time to actually materialize but i'm at the point where i've thrown out every uh, i've thrown out every presupposition (laughs) about maybe maybe for except for one thing i i mean i really at this point the one thing that would really shock me that i honestly can't quite picture right now with this is them going ahead with mickey that that much and and maybe i shouldn't even be that way maybe i shouldn't even be that way with this whole thing
2: the only thing i've got is that it's going to be a Post Iowa announcement, but I still think it's going to be before December one.
1: Post Iowa, but before December one, so that would mean, uh, oh, so the week after. So in the, in the week, because the game will be on the twenty.
2: Yep, yeah, in the five days after Iowa.
1: Yeah, I, I I guess there's still a a small chance that if it were going to happen prior to that game happening, it would happen on Sunday. But that's a short week. Yeah, that's a short week. Uh, just. You almost, if unless you need to, you're that close at that point. You feel like they'll probably wait till the end well, of the season. The, but the... I guess if you get through, if you get through the 20th, if you get through Sunday, and nothing happens, if you're not already there yet, yeah. you can probably uh, mark it down that it's going to be at some point, whether the weekend after, during the week after, uh, that whatever happens. Uh, you know, assuming something is done or close to done right now, mm-hmm. and I don't even know that at this point
2: right there, there's been if there's one thing that's been consistent out of the athletic department at least officially they're not letting if, anything out
1: honestly the the one the one place that i'm probably more at than i was before is the possibility of this being someone who's currently coaching at another school mm-hmm. that possibility has increased in my mind well i think
2: we said that earlier that the longer the season went on especially if it got to post iowa it was likely to be someone who was currently coaching somewhere else because if you were going to make an announcement in the middle of the season, it was going to have to be someone who's either currently right. the interim head coach, Mickey Joseph, or someone who's not coaching somewhere else right now, like a Matt Rule.
1: Right. Yeah. So there so it is. And then the other thing, and and we'll talk about this later on the show, I'm sure, with Greg and in the morning drive and, and so forth, but it sounds like uh, sounds like you're going to have Casey back oh. uh, for, for Saturday, which That's adds, a big it, deal. adds a. Oh, yeah. I'm, I miss, I miss, uh, I miss having him. A lot, I mean, it was just a little bit of that Illinois game, and then the last time you really saw him was against Purdue, was throwing bombs over and over again to Trey Palmer. Mm-hmm. So maybe it gives Nebraska fans a little bit of hope, and hope is, hopefully they can, if they're like me, you know these these next two games are still ones that I really, boy, I would really love them to get to get wins in. I know it's not going to impact the bowl game. I know it's not going to probably have any real long term impact. Other than breaking a couple of streaks that are incredibly yeah. frustrating, and to me that alone is still, uh, I, I could easily still take some significant joy mm-hmm. in that, despite everything that has gone wrong. Has gone wrong. So um, that'd be that'd be nice to see starting here on Saturday. Give that home crowd, give the seniors, give everybody something nice to go on and a little bit of much needed celebration. Maybe muted celebration. I don't know, but some much needed celebration uh, after a win. Uh, especially against a team like Wisconsin, who's who's going through their own coaching situation.
2: Well, we talk right about now. that return on investment for the Nebraska fan base still showing up despite the losing yes. seasons, and the fact that you're going to have the 90000 there on Saturday for Senior Day, still not going to be like the warmest in the world, and we'll find out a lot more about that on the Draft tomorrow with yep. Rusty Dawkins, but... The fact that you have that n- amount of people showing up, if you can give them something, yep. that gives you something for your fans that came out to a home game. They can carry that no matter what happens against Iowa the next week. It'd be nice to reel off two in a row to end it. Mm-hmm. But when at home as you, on, on senior day to go into the offseason feeling pretty good, even with the amount of changes that we know are coming in the program over the next month. Right,
1: right. Um, so there you go. There is, uh, there's that, uh, as, as Tom reported, uh, uh, finding out more about, uh, fire over at Lincoln Northwest brand yeah, what new, we've got a brand new school and we're, we're burning things in the bathroom. We're burning the paper towel dispensers in the bathroom or there at Lincoln Northwest. What's going on? Um, but the, you know, the, they, they believe it was some, an arson type Situation, and as Tom reported, there sounds like more of the damage actually came from the sprinklers going off than did
2: than the actual
1: fire. fire. But people came up on it; they saw water flowing out from Mm. under the door, and that was that was the sprinkler. But you got that brand new, nice, nice new building, and and uh, already already have uh, have some fixing to doing that thing which i think stuff. you probably were hoping <laughs> um yeah you're you were hoping for that as as well um and then and then the other thing uh that is that is still out there and we haven't talked about for a little while is they're still trying to find a spot for that uh, that pershing mural and um d- did another presentation on this on on tuesday um and they're they're just try- they, they've talked about west haymarket pioneers park all of these these other things but you've got this mural that we had mentioned is essentially taken down sitting in storage now where's it being stored the front that's a good question i don't know where it's being stored or how the map of how to put it all back together is going here at this point um but public art lincoln heard a a presentation from the group that saved the mural and they're they're still trying to figure out exactly okay We got this thing down, but the parks may not want it, Mm -hmm. and we paid to get it down. We raised all this money to get it down, and the update is still no place to put it.
2: It sounds like a giant headache.
1: Yeah, with this whole thing as well. So, Anyway, those are the things uh, going on this morning. We got sports coming up from Caleb, Nebraska men's basketball gears up for a game tonight that maybe gives you an idea what the rest of the season is going to look like. We're going to have that early. It's an early tip for uh, for the Huskers since they're out in the East Coast. So that will affect programming today. Pre-gaming will start at 4.30, no drive time, Lincoln, tonight. Game gets going at 5.30. So that will be right here in KLIN, and wouldn't that be nice if Nebraska basketball it would be. went into uh, went into New York and and got a victory over St. John's in the Gavit games. All right, 624, we will grab a break. You listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Love
0: KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Save big money
3: at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with Replacement Screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of Replacement Screens on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com.
4: Save big money at Menards.
3: For the
0: ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early
5: so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click
3: Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first. Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack
1: from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, five days left of uh, getting these keywords and uh, your... Last couple of chances here this week for the Wisconsin game. Pick up that pizza and gear from Valentino's and Alumni Hall, respectively. If you want to get a pick this week to guess what the longest punt of the game is going to be, you need to text in the keyword to the Rickstown Recognition text line. That keyword today is... Wisconsin. Wisconsin. W-I-S-C-O-N-S-I-N. Wisconsin. Text that in, and you may be the one who gets a pick, one of the ten picks, and a little something extra to cheer for. Those punts will become a whole lot more interesting than they normally are you're just like come on roll 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 or, or don't roll i guess go backwards yeah trying to bug like, you like when you're trying to back that ball up on the green and you got your pitching wedge out um so yeah some some a little extra for you uh big big thanks again as we are getting close to ra- getting close to wrapping this up uh to alumni hall and valentinos for partnering with it with us on this and uh yeah a few more chances to do this now
2: the great thing about the keywords in our text system and the way it works is that keyword just has to be part of the text.
1: Oh, so if anybody, oh, so you, so, so anybody who is referencing the so game or the state or Midtown Dave says
2: things, Wisconsin sucks,
1: <laughs> there that's an entry. All right, that's it's an whether you intended to or not, you uh, you are entered in this thing. Uh, and again, just to repeat, uh, if you want to uh, play the lie detector game, it's where. Uh, Where Caleb and I try and get very creative to fool you uh, and you can read our lies, then you might get a chance to go to the game on Saturday, Nebraska and Wisconsin at Memorial Stadium. So be listening for that chance coming up. All right. A lot to get to in the sound off. So let's start that. They made the call last night, eight days after the votes were cast in the midterm elections. It just takes a long time sometimes to get all the votes counted in these different races and they did that and the gop it was close a couple of times you wondered if it was going to happen but it did and they will take over control of the house
3: democrats hold the majority in the senate and now the gop is going to have the house reaching the majority with 218 seats Kevin McCarthy told Fox his party is going to use the power of the purse as well as investigations to keep President Biden in check. We are the only Republican entity that can stop this disastrous Biden agenda. President Biden issued a statement congratulating McCarthy, and he did say last week. I'm prepared to work with my Republican colleagues. The American people have made clear, I think, that they expect Republicans to be prepared to work with me as well. The new Congress gets sworn in January 3rd. NATO, Fox News. And
1: and I still think the biggest impact of this is not necessarily that you've got a a handful more votes on one side than the other for bills. While that, I suppose, could come into play uh, if everybody stays completely in their camps for these votes. But that doesn't happen all that often. Um, But there, there certainly could be some big bills where that comes up. But the most, I think... The most consistent impact is going to be that leadership changes on committees, uh, that you, subpoena power for committees, that you will likely have um, another round of investigations into different things than you had last time when the Democrats were in control of the House. So um, I would say probably get ready for for uh, Hunter Biden hearings, I'm going to guess uh and and perhaps some other things in that same vein uh so so that's probably honestly the thing that is going to have the the biggest impact daily when it comes to the republicans taking the house and of course senate's uh senate will be uh democrats will so be a divided government in the legislative branch for the next two years and then you'll get to 2024 and you pick potentially a new president you will pick uh, all of the house members over again and replace some more of the uh, of the senators there. Um, all right. Uh, Senate, though, in the lame duck session, Senate and House in lame duck sessions right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next month or so on those. One of the things that the Senate did take up uh, was something that they had been talking about taking up for quite some time and actually did. And those was an, that was an early vote on a bill that would codify protections for same-sex marriage, um, kind of anticipating a potential Supreme Court ruling on something like that, which which may or may not happen. Let's find out a little bit more about that.
6: A dozen Republicans joined Democrats in the Senate to overcome a filibuster and advance the Respect for Marriage Act codifying Supreme Court protections for same-sex
1: and interracial marriages. Think about those who you know and love who are in a same-sex marriage. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's your family.
6: Maybe it's someone on your staff. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer put a priority on
1: the legislation after the summer ruling from the Supreme Court overturned abortion
5: protections. Republican supporters say the measure does strike a balance to ensure religious institutions are free not to recognize or perform same-sex marriage
6: ceremonies. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News.
1: Now, if you're wondering about the Nebraska delegation on that, Deb Fischer uh, voted against it, so she was in the, the minority vote. You did have some Republicans coming over. She was not one of them. Uh, Senator Ben Sass, though, uh, I I had assumed that he had... He had voted for this, uh, but he was uh, he was uh, not in the session. Uh, apparently, his wife had a health issue uh, described as a non life threatening seizure over the weekend, and uh, so he was not. He was still dealing with obviously uh, with family concerns for health at that point, so he did not cast a vote uh, on this. And so, first and foremost, we hope um, that and and um, she she's had. Um, Some health issues that bring up seizures, uh, that it's not something new at this point, but still nonetheless, uh, something that I'm I'm sure can be very scary and and a concern, Uh, not going to be a life-threatening situation. Thank goodness for her. Uh, But he was not there for the vote, which is kind of interesting. You wonder how much focus down in Gainesville, Florida, there would have been on that vote had he have cast it had you know Had he cast it right. which my my guess I, you know i don't i don't know just judging from seeing where he's voted before and his thought uh, thoughts on this issue my guess is that he would have cast a vote against it as fisher did um but i'm not you know I, there's no way to know for sure or would that have have changed and and how much attention would that have gotten in relation to his job that he's going to be taking over? They're no obviously watching
2: his votes a lot closer now, uh,
1: but especially on this one that so much of the um, uh, kind of the rancor that went along with his process of getting the job was related specifically to this to this issue, and so now there's no no final vote on the record mm-hmm. on that, um, just as a result of as a result of circumstance. Some of the other things uh going on this morning uh so they they, they I, I I've got this because this is some pretty incredible audio um so they uh were doing the sentencing- remember a year ago a horrific event in Waukesha, Wisconsin, where you had a driver essentially barrel into a christmas parade yeah. just just around a year ago uh right now um several, it was a there was a lot of video of it and it was it was a terrible event. They're wrapping up the trial, uh, where you've got a conviction and going into the sentencing phase of this, and they were doing the part on the sentencing phases where you have victim impact statements. So you've got victims that are come up and expressing, you know, their feelings on this whole thing, what they would like to happen, how it's impacted them personally, and then, and then the judge starts talking in issuing. The sentencing and going through his or her, her in these, this case, the factors that were considered that need to be considered legally, and this has been um, a bit of a difficult trial to keep control of um, because you've had outbursts and issues from the defendant himself in this, who who did actually speak as well, but this was the moment where the judge. Was leading up to the sentence and explaining the factors that were uh, that were uh, considered in this whole thing. You can you can hear how it went down.
6: The state you need to say specifically wrote you, Your Honor, and said that they know it was no incident that day. Mr. And Brooks, now you want to sit up here. Do
4: not interrupt you, me, or you will be removed to and, the other and now courtroom. Now you want to
6: sit up here. Stop. And try to now. And try to add something in that you know for a fact never even happened. You want to sit up Mr. here and Brooks, talk about every who time. has grace and all this, you talking about someone with five kids that don't have custody. You need to stop None right now
1: or you will be removed. Remove me then. Yeah. And he was removed. Mm. And he he was was removed on that and that was the, the um that had happened prior in this whole thing they did hand down the uh the maximum life sentences for each of the homicides that were involved in that and so uh, he is going to he's going to be spending his life in in prison after that but also did get up on the stand and address the the victims the family of the families of the victims as well he was he was a little bit more graceful in in doing that but uh, you can kind of see how that whole thing went down and i'm sure an, an incredibly difficult thing to be present for for those who were impacted by what happened there Um, so FDA gives the, okay, (laughs) uh, this is, this is always an interesting issue in a state where agriculture is so important as it is in Nebraska. FDA makes a ruling on lab raised chicken. (laughs) And it sounds like, it sounds like this might be something that is, uh, that is a thing here, a more a more regular thing here
3: coming in the coming years. The Food and Drug Administration has concluded that Upside Foods' cultivated or lab-raised chicken is safe to eat, bringing the product one step closer to market in the U.S. The product is grown directly from animal cells without slaughtering millions of animals. Upside founder and CEO Dr. Uma Valetti calls it a watershed moment in the history of food, marking a major step towards a new era in meat production. Upside food still needs approval from the U.S. Department of Agriculture before the cultivated chicken can be sold. Tom Rigotti, Fox News.
1: Yeah, so, the, the, I mean, the FDA's job on this was just to basically say, was this was this safe to create? And that's what the FDA declared yesterday on, on this. And, I mean, you've got, and this was one company, you've got, I, I think you've got several companies who are trying to, to debut this interestingly enough they in singapore right now is the only country right now where these are already actually being sold Uh legally to to customers um, where this is happening does this open the floodgates now of more of these companies who have been doing r&d in this looking at how to do this going on this but what they're doing is they're harvesting cells from viable animal tissues, and then essentially, I'm kind of gross, uh, growing edible flesh under controlled conditions in bioreactors. And they say the flesh is the exact same as that which would be raised conventional in this. And the argument, one of the arguments for doing this, uh, which certainly is gonna get some some blowback here, especially I think is that it's it's a way to mitigate climate change uh, that goes along with far, or is alleged, allegedly goes along with with farming as well now will consumers embrace this? what will it cost? what will it taste like um, this is a different deal than simulated meat products that yeah. that are out there like beyond beyond beef or whatever that it is um and by the way the the market for those is cooled too quite a decent amount as well i was hearing about some of the financial problems and, and the cutbacks that some of those companies beyond and impossible that they've they've had to make on on those but this could be could be the beginning of a real significant change in the food system if you can if you can do this if it's safe to eat if it's and again it's going to depend on is it something that the consumer uh, that the consumer is actually going to embrace and I don't I don't know everything that goes on in this whole thing but they are still saying it would even if they continue the approvals on this we're still talking uh probably months before this actually gets on on the market going forward hmm. um let's see what else do we have on this thing? have you lo- have you heard about this uh this snowstorm that is coming into Buffalo in Buffalo New York uh they're calling it the the big one this is some of the numbers that they are talking about with this snowstorm now i know again i normally don't just highlight certain random weather events from other parts of the country but occasionally they become national news and this one is becoming national news at least in the lead up to it because the numbers are just laughably ridiculous that are going along with this. Let's find out a little bit more about that.
7: Buffalo, Erie, all the way over to Watertown. Historic snowfall is possible. And what we're talking about is not measuring the snow in inches. We're talking about measuring the snow in feet, several feet to be exact. And Lake Effect snow warnings are already in place through Sunday. So we are mentioning the long duration of this event. We're starting to see it take shape for folks in western New York. That's where we're kind of watching for the main event to kind of take hold Friday and Saturday. Day before it finally starts to taper off by Sunday.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this was uh, this was a, a tweet from uh, Colin McCarthy, uh, who is uh, somebody on Twitter who gives, and, and there's a lot of this out there. This was just the one that, that I came across. Uh, the newest model that he was looking at has 70 inches of snow <laughs> falling in less than 24 hours in the area immediately south of buffalo, new york. 70 inches of snow. Guys, that's that would bury five me. Ten. That would I could not I, my head would be covered uh, in that. Yeah. That's almost 6 feet of snow. Yes. Uh, it's crazy and and what he and others have said, potentially one of the most extreme snowstorms in US history. And by the way, if you're a sports fan, they are scheduled to play a football game in Buffalo on Sunday.
2: Yes, <laughs> play the game.
1: Now it would be. It, it sounds like the timing would be the in the 24 hours prior to that game happening. But I mean, you got 70 inches of snow. It's got to go somewhere. Got a little snow football last night too. If you were watching a little, the little game up in snow football, the game in Michigan, but it kind of stopped they kept plowing the field, so that that took away from that. A little bit. Uh, Stop clearing the field. <laughs> couple of... Yeah, I wish they would have. Uh, all right, a couple of, uh, couple of fun things here to finish. Well, not fun if you're uh, Mariah Carey, who sings our Fantasy Huskers song. Uh, she wants to be known as the Christmas Queen. The I Queen remember of talking Christmas, about this yeah. a while back. Not doing well in court oh. in getting that name, unfortunately.
6: The United States Trademark Trial and Appeal Board ruled Mariah Carey is not the only queen of Christmas. (laughs) Carrie also failed to exclusively own the phrases Princess Christmas and QOC. Carrie, whose 1994 hit All I Want for Christmas Is You, has become one of the most recognizable parts of the holiday season, filed a petition last year among her most vocal opponents, Elizabeth Chan, a full-time Christmas and holiday music recording artist. Chan, in a statement, said Christmas is a season of giving, not the season of taking, and it's wrong for an individual to attempt to own and monopolize a nickname like Queen." Of Christmas for the purposes of abject materialism. Michelle Polino, Fox News.
1: Well, she was trying to get both
6: queen and princess of Christmas.
1: Yeah, I mean, what kind of a royal family is this? You're one of the. I mean,
2: in case she couldn't get queen, I mean, I, I, mean,
1: like, I well, guess at maybe some point I can be the next in princess line before the queen. But is her mom the real queen of Christmas? Is that is that? Anyway, and then uh, and then last but not least, if you're uh, already my my uh, daughter was watching Elf on TV the other day. If you're looking for something new to watch in uh, in Christmas movies, uh, and you're a big fan of Ralphie and the Christmas story, they're updating it. They're bringing they're bringing adult Ralphie back. Oh, just a garbage sequel to HBO. Dear old man,
0: Fragile. He was the best. <laughs>
6: Me. We're going to make this a wonderful Christmas. That would make your father so happy. I promise. Ralphie and his family are the focus of HBO Max's A Christmas Story Christmas which stars Peter Billingsley back in his iconic role. Only now he's an adult and he's returning home for the first time following the passing of his father. The film is set in the 1970s as Ralphie attempts to reconnect with his childhood. The film is considered to be separate from the 1994 sequel. It runs in the family and the TV musical special A Christmas Story Live. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Um,
1: I hear it's not getting great reviews, but for those of you who have HBO Max, I'm curious. I'd probably still watch it.
2: I'll probably pull it up sometime, but expectations are below (laughs) the
1: minimum. All right, 656. (laughs) We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. (laughs) It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. It is time to check in with Matt Mitchell from the Capital Humane Society. Find out a little bit about the uh, animals that are available for adoption. We'd encourage you to make an adoption from the Humane Society if you are looking for a uh, furry friend. Uh, Matt, good morning. How are you doing today? good, Albert. Good. Let's hear about the uh, pets you're featuring this week.
8: So first we have AJ. So AJ is approximately two years old. He's a lab-mixed neutered male, solid black in color, and he weighs about 42 pounds. He came in as a lost dog and was not claimed, but uh, he's a very friendly, uh, wiggly guy, definitely a big fan of the treats, and he would also likely do well in a home with another dog. Uh, seems to really enjoy uh, playing with dogs with a similar energy level as him, so he is available today. Okay. And then we got Luna. So Luna is an approximately 11-month-old Great Dane. She's a spade female, and she's a uh, fawn and gray in color, and she weighs in at 109 pounds. So she is big, uh, definitely being a Great Dane. And so she was surrendered because her previous owners, they were going through a divorce. And so she uh, came to us because of that. And she's shy at first with new people, uh, but she's looking for a home where she can kind of build some confidence. And if you got another dog, Uh, She is definitely really friendly with other dogs, so they can kind of help her come out of her shell. So if somebody's interested in meeting her, uh, they just need to call our behavior department at 441-4490, and they can set up a time to meet her.
1: All right, let's make those adoptions from the Capital Humane Society. Appreciate your time, Matt. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one. There you go. Matt Macharo from the Capital Humane Society at 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.
3: Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen For traffic.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Ella and Kate today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, it is time for Ticket Thursday. Giving away football tickets for the last time this year, and for the first time in quite some time, we've dusted off the old lie detector Caleb and I try our best to be untruthful and convince you that we are being truthful. And here's how it'll work today. I am going to give you three names of towns, three names of towns, two of which are actual towns in the state of Wisconsin, this week's opponent on the football field. One of them, a figment of the imagination of either Caleb or myself. Completely fake, not a town in Wisconsin. If you can pick the fake one out three times in a row, well, then you are going to see Wisconsin Badgers play Nebraska on Saturday. We've got phone lines full right now, but as soon as somebody drops off, you can jump on at 402-479-1400. So that is how she works. Let's, uh, let's see what we got today. Mike is going to take first crack at it today. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Good morning. Good. All right, so uh, you just tell us the one that you think is fake. One is not a town in Wisconsin. The other ones are, I'm going to try and keep my poker face here, which sometimes I struggle with uh, during this game, uh, especially given some of the names that Caleb has come up with. But we will, uh, we'll we'll try this. All right, so your first set of three towns, two are real in Wisconsin. One is not a town in Wisconsin. Take a listen. Uh, B- Blue Mounds, Pelican, Or Largeville, Blue Mounds, Pelican, or Largeville, which is not a town in Wisconsin?
8: Largeville.
1: Largeville, correct. (laughs) But it'd be a cool name for a town. Welcome to Largeville. (laughs) The Largeville Lions. Uh, Yeah, the Largeville Lions. Oh, yeah. All right, you got one. Got two more to get. All right, uh, next set. Diamond Valley, Beaver Brook, or Orange. Diamond Valley, Beaver Brook, or Orange? Which one's fake? Uh,
0: let's go Diamond Valley.
1: Is it Diamond Valley? Yes, it is. That's, that's fake. All right. Here we go. Group number three. Los Lagos, Crystal, or Dale? Los Lagos, Crystal,
8: gotta be or Dale? Los Lagos. Is it, it
1: they you don't believe the strong spanish I- or or uh well you know what whatever you're right. I don't
8: think the spanish
1: missionaries that that there at that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well there you go. That's the game. You uh Mike, you just <laughs> swept that thing up. That is incredible. You absolutely earned your tickets to the game this weekend. Congratulations
7: awesome thank
1: you guys uh, all right there you go stay on the line and uh caleb is gonna get you didn't use any of mine that's why maybe that's why yours <laughs> yours was coming up next so then i really didn't think caleb we were going through three of these and that's all we would get uh the fake towns blue uh on that one largeville was fake diamond valley was fake los lagos which is spanish for the lagos uh no. I thought maybe like, oh, it's the Lakes, you know, that kind of thing. Whatever. Uh the Crystal and Dale were actual names. So there you go. Uh Mike wins the tickets, and he is going to be going to the game on Saturday, Nebraska and Wisconsin, eleven AM kickoff. Pre-game is going to start here on KLIN at seven. Yes, a chance for Nebraska to end the drought. The drought against Wisconsin that has been going on for a decade, and maybe this is the year that they do it. They will have Casey Thompson back, it sounds like, for this game. Wisconsin uh, has a coaching situation kind of like Nebraska's. Don't know exactly where it's going to go right now. Maybe this is the year. Well, since I spent way longer on that, uh, getting that ready... (laughs) I'm still gonna let I'm still gonna let the uh, listeners, talk
2: about return on investment I'm
1: gonna still let the listeners play in their uh in their cars as they drive in um all right so here's my next group of them this is just for fun here thornapple New Ontario or city point thornapple New Ontario or city point okay if you're in a room with other people hold up your hands which one is fake one two or three
2: now thornapple sounds funky
1: thorn apple sounds funky that's a real one city point is a real one new ontario new ontario is is the uh, the fake one there
2: for those canadians that moved south
1: all right next group antigo buffalo or cheddar
2: (laughs) all right it's a good thing we didn't get to that one
1: I mean Antigua sounds like it could be a beach. It sounds more beachy than should than Wisconsin should be, doesn't it? No, it's Chad. does Antigua sound more beachy than
2: Los Lagos? Los
1: Lagos sounds great. That sounds like a nice look ta- a resort town. Man, this time of year, hey, this time, of, this time, of, oh, I don't know about this time of year. This time I mean, of this year, some great I, ice fishing.
2: I hit up Los Lagos. <laughs>
1: it's a, this is a discount season. It's not peak season at Los Lagos right now, but I'll tell you what, you get about July. Bring the family up to Los Lagos. There is something for everyone. Uh, all right, uh, l- next group, Loonberg. Am I pronouncing that right? Loonberg? Looks fine to me. Uh, Meteor or Eileen? (laughs) Okay, this is a harder one. This is the one we should have done. Loonberg, Meteor, or Eileen? At some point, you get you start to just guess the most reasonable one. Yeah, the because, one that sounds reasonable. Which which is Lundberg, which is actually the fake one, which is also apparently a... It's an Austrian cheese. It's great. See, you did a little... You hit it a little better than I did by just putting out cheddar on one of them. <laughs> All right. How about another one? Pacific, Badger Cove, or B-Town? All right. They're a long way away from the Pacific. Pacific, Badger Cove... Or B-Town. See, I think I would have got you guys with this one. You are like, okay, see how that doesn't sound. B-Town, what would that even mean? Is it a town of bees? Well, Pacific and B-Town are both very real. They're towns. Badger Cove is uh, one that I made up. It's the nickname of Wisconsin, if you didn't. Yes. You didn't, yeah. It'd be a little cove of badgers. Uh, all right, another one. <laughs> Egg Harbor. T- tainter. Am I pronouncing that right? Tainter? T-A-N-T-E-R or Moose? Ba- Egg Harbor, Tainter, or Moose? Fake one. Got it, guys? There's, Got it? How many numbers are you hanging at? It's number three, Moose. There's no In, Moose, Wisconsin. There's a town called Tainter, Wisconsin. Uh Bailey's Harbor? Saint Sam? Or Flambeau? Ooh. Bailey's Harbor, God, I, we, these are better. These are much better, much harder. Bailey's Harbor. You left it on easy to start. I put this out the easy ones to start. I just they were kind of random. I didn't mean to. Saint Sam or Flambeau. Now uh, your mind might say, "Well, Lambeau, That's just a play on like Lambeau Field. That's not really a real one, but it is. Flambeau is a real yeah. one. Bailey's Harbor also sounds like a very nice place to visit, and hey, we're going out taking out the kids to Bailey's Harbor for the weekend. Yeah. We went uh, to Los Lagos. Oh, where Los do you Los stay, L- Saint Harbor? It's kind of a cheaper version of Los Lagos. More of a family feel. <laughs> That's actually real. The fake one is St. Sam. Apparently mm. not a saint named Sam that they wanted to the name a town with. Uh, all right, another one uh, in Wisconsin. New diggings. <laughs> New diggings. Agenda. Or Mallard Landing. New diggings. Agenda. Or Mallard Landing? How many hands or how many fingers do you have up? This is another one where you, one sounds very. It, it just doesn't sound weird enough to be real. What New Diggings? <laughs> that doesn't sound. That is definitely weird. <laughs> Mallard Landing is fake. There's a town called New Diggings. There's a town called Agenda. Town has an agenda. Uh, all right. How about this one? Bear Bluff, sauté, or Hazel Green? bear bluff saute or hazel green <laughs> I, I was just trying to make a french sounding town because there seemed to be french that saute so saute, saute is saute, the french oh my
2: god
1: <laughs> i don't know uh, that's a french word i don't know yeah. <laughs> uh palmito jump river or koshka palmito jump river or Kong.
2: You are adding a K into that.
1: Koshkanong. There we go. Kashk. Kashkanong. Well, that's the real one because we're trying to pronounce it right. <laughs> we have no one. idea how to pronounce. Jump it. River is a real one. The fake one is Palmito. Uh, that is another cheese varietal. Caleb was trying to fool you with. Uh, okay, now this one. This one, I bet I could have gotten people with El Paso, Frog Creek, or Cantalonia. El Paso, Frog Creek or cantalonia now we already tried to fool you once with the the spanish name spanish uh language type name this is a real one there is an el paso so i thought if there's an el paso there could very easily be a los lagos yeah uh no that's Probably real should have put those in the same one frog creek is real cantalonia is the fake one but it sounds like a magical land it's uh where, where dreams come true in Cantalonia, Wisconsin uh commonwealth new paris or mentor mentor commonwealth new paris or mentor that is uh the fake one there is new paris there's actually one called paris again i was really leaning into the french yeah the french heritage well you Uh, skipped
2: one right above that
1: uh did i miss oh yeah this one uh leclerc lincoln or atlanta (laughs) LeClaire, Lincoln, or Atlanta. If you try and put yourself in the mindset of Caleb and me doing this one, you can definitely figure this one out. LeClaire, Lincoln, or Atlanta. It's LeClaire, the one that probably sounds most like
2: Now there is a LeClaire there is
1: a, in Iowa. And there is an Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Right, Wisconsin. Yes. This is Leclaire on this thing. So there you go. So now you feel like hopefully you are more familiar. Now you have things. If you run into a Wisconsin fan, right during the weekend here in the capital city, and you can you can bring up some of these random towns. You can say, "Hey, spend much time in Thornapple." You uh you from anywhere near Tainter? Yeah, no. No, I'm from Toronto <laughs> Hey, do. You- uh, you guys ever, ever spend any time in the summer at Los Lagos i hear it's beautiful I hear it's a great place get a cabana right take one of the take one of the the sunset boat rides it's a beautiful place i kind of want to go there now thornapple antigo <laughs> Ooh, i want to <laughs> take you to los lagos <laughs> <laughs> catalonia Come. Uh, all right, 725, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1400-993-KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories?
0: You can get them sent straight to you. All
1: right, let's get things started today with...
2: Number five. The people behind the effort to restore and move the historic Pershing Center mural have now gone in front of a group called the Public Art Lincoln who advises the city on its public art collection in the process to work with the city to potentially find a home in the city park for the mural. The committee will decide whether to bring the issue to the full board, which will then decide whether to recommend whether or not to recommend it to the mayor that the mural become part of the city's public art collection.
1: <laughs> but even if that... So, so it's basically a decision by this entity that says, okay, is this an asset, a public art asset that the city... Has right, it doesn't necessarily decide a place or say that there is a place that exists for this to land. And as you recall from the previous discussions about this, uh, department leaders thought a city park wasn't going to be the best spot. Um, the mayor agreed at that point, so they went to the park at Parks and Rec Advisory Board. They wanted public art Lincoln to see if it should become part of the collection. So even if it does be part become part of the collection though, that question You still have sa- to find somewhere. The for same it. question is still out there at this point. And then I guess it goes back to parks and recreational parks and recreation officials at that point and say, Okay, well, we think it should be a part of the collection, but we still have to find someplace out. And the the people at Parks and Rec have said uh that they don't think a park is a good place to do it because of, you know, a variety of of reasons at that point, so I mean, I'm, it's it, it's hard. To, I don't even know how you exactly weigh this decision about whether or not it becomes part of the city's collection without knowing where it's going to go mm-hmm. exactly. And that's how the order of the decision is going at this point. And and they normally look at this when they get art donations that come in yeah. and and whether or not they can use those and and then figure it out. So so
2: if they do decide that it becomes part of the city's art collection is the city then responsible for it going forward is
1: that how Well that I works? guess it's part of their collection they can do what they you know they can do what they want with it but they don't have to put it somewhere that they don't want to mm-hmm. and so far I just I just don't know what changes about the position that there isn't a good place within city property to do this, yeah. exactly, even even if this, but this was kind of said, this was the next step, they had the presentation, they listened to them for quite a while uh, but it does seem like there's gotta be the, the, the it's there's gotta be a solution, if there's if the money is there to make this happen, to get it installed somewhere to have a fund that is there for the upkeep, for everything that goes along with it, I mean it feels like there's gotta be somewhere where we can figure out a place to, to to make this work there, there's just also a question of sort of mixed levels of passion about this particular piece of art yeah um, from obviously those who have put you know we've had we've had Liz Shane McCoy in here talking about it a, a couple of times and obviously a lot of passion just not to tear this down and get the, this thing get rid of this thing there's a lot of people in the community that feel that way as well I think there's probably also people who say we respect and appreciate that you feel that way about this, but we don't really have an an answer or a place for you, and we don't quite share the same level of passion about this exact piece.
2: right. I, I think and that makes sense because there's if you just took it at face value before it had come down at all and the conversations were, should this be preserved? It's like, well looking at it and knowing its history in Lincoln. Yeah, this should absolutely be preserved But then the question of where And how do you do the upkeep and, and how do you go about Putting it back together In a way that makes sense For whatever your location is mm-hmm. Those are all unanswered questions still It, it just got to the part of yeah. Should it be preserved? Yes Okay, let's let's fund it Let's get it down Let's store it but the other 90% of the it's, questions
1: are still out there. It's, I mean, it's a story of mismatched passions within a community. Yeah. Uh, you've got the people who really are very passionate and strong and put tons of legwork into to making this happen. And then, and then, and, and, and like, I guess I would probably put myself in the next category, which is, yeah, I mean, it's got, I, I remember it. Like, I would not. Personally, go to the ends of the earth to to keep this thing around uh, necessarily, but I have no problem if other people would, and I've got and I've got no problem with it being somewhere in Lincoln where it stays preserved, so long as there's a good place and you can find somebody who's going to take it and somebody who's going to deal with it, all the ramifications that come with taking it as well. The event center seemed like a good idea, yeah. to me. It, I mean, it seemed like it made sense, but something broke down in in that whole process and the the lancaster event center decided it wasn't something that they wanted to to either deal with or or they're worried about the space the space concerns that it would take too. so
2: and even as someone who i grew up outside of lincoln but i've got memories with that mural because i played in state basketball at pershing Mm -hmm. so if that's up in a park somewhere that's a talking point if i'm out with my family out with my daughter sometime when she's old enough to to know what it means i say hey when I was in high school, I played in state basketball. This was the mural outside that building right. that's not there anymore.
1: I mean, to, to me, the place where it most makes sense, and I don't know how you do this practically, but it makes sense to have it be a part of the arena somehow mm-hmm. in in some form. or fa- Now, I get it. The size does not make a ton of <laughs> options for that to be the case. But I still wonder, could you... And I don't know. This may be fully 100% completely impossible, but is there a place where you could actually install it like in the ground and it could be seen from above? Oh, like you walk over it? Yeah. So, like, in that, I don't know. if It's so big, though, but, I mean, even if there was an area where, yeah, you, you, you kind of embedded it in the ground. And so, if you were up high in any of the buildings in the rail yard, in the arena, mm-hmm. looking down, you actually saw it. I was thinking the side of one of the parking garages. Yeah, I, that that parking garage. That's, that's immediately actually not attached the worst, to I, the, the to the. Yeah, well, you got three arena. of those three of those things there, but I don't know if you got to have the open air situation to get through the those parking garages. But like, that's the area that makes the very most sense because. That's what it's depicting is all of these activities mm-hmm. that are going on in in the arena but I don't know it's just, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a crummy situation again because of like these mismatched levels of of passion within this yeah. whole thing so
2: I still think it needs to go somewhere no idea on how all of that comes to be and where exactly it should go yeah Number four. Found out on Sports Nightly last night from interim head football coach Mickey Joseph that QB1 Casey Thompson has practiced a couple days in a row. Mickey says he's good to uh, go for this g- okay. week.
1: Let's can we just uh, starting now, let, put aside nothing's happening in the coaching search. I don't think from what Trev said last night in the next seventy-two hours. Well, Q
2: an announcement at 901 this So morning. yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: seventy-two hours. Let can we all come together? Just for uh, the next two Saturday, well, Saturday and the next Friday, just come together and get behind, get behind the team, get behind Mickey, get behind everybody, and beat a couple of teams that, A, we don't like too much, and B, we're tired of losing to. Yes. Could we have that? I I know that sounds like not asking like a, a, for a whole lot given everything that was going into this season and it's not going to end up in a bowl game and it's not going to end up in a winning season and it's going to be on balance a disappointment but wouldn't it just be a nice taste in the mouth to end a season for once for once going into an off season to to take those wins get some momentum in the program And heck, I still think there's certainly a chance Mickey said as much as he's, you know, even if he's not the head guy, he would, I think he would still like to be here. I I mean, I do think you could carry some of the momentum if you do that into whatever this next era of Nebraska football is. But it's almost like, it's almost like this feels so much like it's a lost season that you know i think there are probably some fans that aren't even thinking about that right now now i'm i'm sure the coaches i'm sure the players still are but you get casey back these are get casey back the defense is playing the the defense has been improving they're dealing with injuries but they're this listen these are not michigan's rushing attack that we <laughs> that you're going to see okay these next 2 weeks I mean I was one of the worst defenses, or excuse me, the worst offense. Great defense. Worst right. offenses you're going you're going to see. Bow up, get a win at home, get a win for the seniors who are who are heading out, you know, the, the, the Travis Vocalex of the world who are who are done after this and and, and, and and you know a handful of other players as well. And get a dang win. That's what I'm gonna be focused on tomorrow.
2: There are two things within all of this. Yes, it is a lost season. But there are the individual things to play for, and among those individual things are what your program has done against these two programs. You haven't beaten Wisconsin in a decade and you haven't beaten Iowa in the last what seven years mm-hmm. so there's a lot to play for that these guys have had teammates come through that has not been achieved yeah um, you have not ended a year with a win in a long time yeah you 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 can take yourself into the off season and say. We beat these programs, these division rivals. Even if you get one out of the two, you get one. And that's something you haven't done in a long hey, time. And that gives you something
1: fresh going into a new regime. Hey, listen. To, I mean, you could argue Wisconsin's got a lost season too, okay? But they're still going to come in here wanting to beat Nebraska again. So well, Wisconsin you got to be able to match that.
2: They need to beat Nebraska and have a lot of stuff go right. They can
1: still win the division. They, okay, they do stuff great, even better. Even Go take better. it from them. Take it, take it from both of them. Yes. For the next two weeks, give us a little much owed, a little much owed joy. It's a down payment, let's yeah. say, in the joy that is due all of us as Husker football fans. And uh, let's get it this weekend
2: number three. Well, as you've heard from Tom Stanton's reporting this morning, 28 dogs that were found living in unsanitary conditions in a home near Malcolm on Tuesday, now being cared for at the Capital Humane Society. This comes after an investigation going on since September, where deputies and Nebraska's Department of Agriculture have been working with Hudson to make sure the dogs were being properly cared for
1: on Tuesday. That's the homeowner, sorry. I didn't didn't clarify that. They've been
2: working with the homeowner. On Tuesday, deputies went to check on the conditions of the dogs and according to the sheriff's office at that time the homeowners retrieved her Belgian Malinois threatened to assault deputies with the dog she at one point had also pushed one of the investigators in an attempt to get
1: 28 her in order dogs to 28 dogs some of them were outside some of them were in crates uh, most of them were smaller dogs from what I understand but still not clean. Oh, my gosh. Not a good situation. And they were try- And it sounds like they were trying to work with her to to get this thing in a reasonable state, um, but it didn't happen. She got sick of it. They came over to check on it, and uh, she didn't handle it very well, and, and now uh, arrested. Terroristic threats, obstructing a government operation, and like you said, the dogs are now at the Capital Humane Society. Man, I can't
2: imagine how that whole place must have looked because when when my dog Ella was, was a puppy I would go to work and she would go in her crate well there would be times I'd come home
1: and just crap everywhere Yeah,
2: and it's like okay well I have to clean her now and you clean the crate and I'm just trying to imagine that with dozens of dogs.
1: How do you even sleep in that house? No yeah right I can't sleep in my house with one dog <laughs> my goodness alright moving on
2: Number two, cultivated meat has been greenlit in the United States for the first time. The decision by the Food and Drug Administration means that a company called Upside Foods will soon be able to sell chicken made from real animal cells grown in bioreactors instead of requiring the slaughter of live animals. It's a positive response from the FDA. It had long been seen as the next major milestone for the cultivated meat industry. In the past few years, startups in the space have built small-scale production facilities and raised billions of dollars in venture capital funding, but haven't been able to sell their products to the public. Up until now, the small number of people invited to try cultivated meat have had to sign waivers acknowledging that the products are still
1: experimental. Hey, you want know, to try this experimental meat? Now you do have to sign a waiver. You want to try some of the science stuff in here we this got? This is. Uh, I, I'm curious. Does it? Can you tell the difference when you eat it? That's what I wonder about. Right. Because they basically take these cells and they grow. This is so gross, but... Basically, take these cells and they grow flesh from them, mm-hmm. essentially, without creating a live uh, a live animal. Um, but yeah, now they just have a couple of regulatory steps that they've got to go through, and this can be available to the uh, public. They got to get into grant of inspection inspection from the USDA of their facilities, uh, and then the food itself is also going to need a mark of inspection before it enters the U.S. market, but. Those steps, from what I've read, are going to happen more quickly than this last one is going to going to take. And you got a whole bunch of other startups that are trying to do this, this same thing. And it's not just chicken. It's not just chicken. It's beef. It's salmon. It's tuna. Uh, now, this announcement is only this company and the culture chicken. But if this happens, this is going to open up the doors for this... Um, for, for these other products that, that go on here. And it basically means that there's a, a decent chance now these cultivated meat products are going to be available for the uh, the public to try. We'll see.
2: My question on this is so they're taking the cells and they're growing it in the lab, but they're growing the flesh in the lab. <laughs>
1: so gross. Please don't ever say growing flesh again. <laughs> so There's two words I don't even though that's literally what your body does. Right.
2: But so but when your body does that, it's all about how healthy you are. Not saying like us, but the, the chickens, the products, whatever. It's all about how healthy they are. What their body is naturally doing. What is what are you doing with that meat in the lab to make sure that it, it is as healthy as what a body would naturally be doing? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. But the way they're saying they're going to roll this out, assuming they get all the other approvals, is they want to initially take it to restaurants. They want to get chefs excited about this and have the public get their uh, taste of this through selected restaurants before people can actually buy it and cook it at home. I guess that way, that's a marketing choice, essentially. You put it in fancy Michelin restaurants and, uh, and, and you have it there, get it. Cool and popular and tasting really good, and then you put it out to market. Let the rich folks do it. In different ways. (sighs) Number one. A recent
2: study has scary news about earbuds. Researchers published the study in the BMJ Journal on Tuesday. Authors reviewed data collected from 33 studies conducted over the last two decades and found that nearly a billion young people risk some level of hearing loss because of the tiny headphones. Researchers could not determine whether that hearing loss would be permanent, but they did determine the cause is, quote, exposure to unsafe listening practices and, quote, the standard recommendation is to keep volumes at no more than 85 decibels, but most people listen to music and movies well, well knows, outside that pressure. Who knows that what threshold.
1: that even is? What I mean, is 85 decibels? Yeah, I mean, but it, 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 and isn't it you know, and the Walkman was a thing back in the day, but the amount of people who have earbuds in, myself included, if I'm going for a, to walk the dog or, or going outside for, you know, a walk or going outside to do work, like, I'm always, I'm going to make sure I always have earbuds in now. So 85 like
2: I, decibels, that's a, the equivalent of a food blender. Oh, really? You know how loud and annoying that yeah. is
1: already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, something to be careful and make sure your kids aren't blowing their ears out or yourself. You're not blowing your ears out with uh, earbuds. Uh, 756, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Perfect.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, <laughs> fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from
1: Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, right now in the Capital City, 32 degrees, time for another keyword. That keyword, Caleb, is... Badgers. Badgers, B-A-D-G-E-R-S, Badgers. Uh, send that into the text line, Riggs Town Recognition text line, and you might get selected to make that pick. And trying to guess what the longest punt of the game between Nebraska and Wisconsin will be. Uh, we now say hello to the Grow Lincoln team, Robin Eschleman of Eschleman Commercial Real Estate, Dave Alvers of Alvers Co., uh, our longtime partners here on KLIN, who help us figure out what's going on in the business community and uh, what those places that are opening up and moving and changing storefronts uh, might be that you're using here in the coming days, weeks, and months. Uh, good morning, Robin. How are you doing today? Hi. How are you guys? Dave, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen, uh, guys, let's uh, let's jump into the news that you've got this week, and uh, got a lot of questions this week. So let's answer some of them. Joe uh, asked, uh, curious as to what is being built by the U stop across from the casino. Also, what's going in between the church and the ball field on South Folsom? Dave, what do you know about that? Well, between the
7: church and the ball ball field on Folsom, there are going to be uh, apartments. And maybe some houses, but uh, it's going to be low and moderate income housing.
1: It's a pretty big, it's a decent distance from the church to the the ball fields out there, isn't it? It's a fairly big piece
7: of land. uh, It's 27 or 8 acres, I suppose. Yeah. So I know.
1: Okay. Yep. So, so, uh, there you go. And maybe not a part of town that you get to that often unless you're intentionally going somewhere out there. But a lot you, of
7: people see it because it's right next to Highway 77. Yeah, you, it's
1: visible from 77. Yeah, those ball fields have, have been visible. And, and, uh, yeah. So, but unless you're, you know, unless you've, you've gone out to the, the Spirit Park, obviously the YMCA, those ball fields or, or uh, Hope Reformed Church out there. Uh, may not be something you know about, but I didn't. I didn't know there was some of that development that is happening out there. But yeah, um, and they, it, it's been going through uh, all the city channels,
7: okay, for for a little while.
4: And the area by the casino, so many new homes over yeah. there. Yeah. i I don't know of any other commercial other than the C store, but lots well, of houses and apartments. I still haven't we, even we
1: have- driven by there to go see it since they started, since since the casino started operating. I need to drive out there and just see what it looks like. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Uh, I mean, to to Robin's point, we we hear that. We hear rumors about some other things going in, some storage units possibly, blah, blah, blah. But we don't really know for sure what's going in. And the and the houses that you're talking about are in that Southwest Village Heights subdivision mm-hmm, mm-hmm. out there, which, uh,
4: which is doing a, very well. An apartment complex from Om- or some Omaha guys are building an right. apartment complex by the casino.
1: Okay. Right. All right. right, Another question from Joan. Uh, Robin will ask you this. What's going on next to certified transmission at about 18th and Cornhusker?
4: Um, Hampton Enterprises is building a building at 18th and Cornhusker. New construction. It is called Revolution Wraps, which is one of those places. They put it on your car to Mm -hmm. help you advertise. Um, There is a a very nice-looking building going up that started about three, four weeks ago. And not sure yet how long that'll take, but it is underway.
7: Okay. Uh, those are, which, by the way, those are those. Uh, they do a lot of those really big wraps around the trucks and everything. They're probably the most significant one here in town. And yeah, we
1: It's a local business. I they've think been
7: clients of mine. So I
1: believe we've used them for our vehicles here. Yeah, uh, and so if you see like the. The vehicle, especially like the froggy one is a really right. extensive, extensive one that, that maybe you've seen here for our stations. Uh, all right. Question from Kathleen. What is happening at the old champions fun center? Oh, RIP at approximately 15th and Cornhusker highway. What's happening there?
7: Well, they have a new owner there. Uh, Tommy, I'm going to see if I say this properly. Arciaga. Uh, he was going to be opening South Side Boxing Gym. And there will also be MMA, which is mixed martial arts for people who don't know that, gym on the upper floor. Uh, They will also have an event center for graduation parties, receptions. And they are approved to up to 1,800 people in that facility and hope to be open in a couple of months.
1: So if if you have your birthday party in the event center can you have a part of it where you go beat on each other <laughs> that's
7: my
3: that, but, uh, that was what i was just get thinking the aggressions out that'd be right.
1: nice yeah for the birthday boy or girl right say <laughs> right. so we've brought some of people who may have been annoying you it, it, it's your uh, birthday over the course of the last year and so we've set them up in the mma gym upstairs okay um we're going to allow you to pummel
4: <laughs> Well, we used to do that with pinatas when we were little kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So oh, yeah. it's just a different form well, of aggression. A, that's
1: just an alternative uh, birthday plan. And it's very this, interesting.
4: This, is, uh, this also has sort of a benevolent component yeah. to it. Um, he talked about choosing to do this project to hopefully support and benefit children and youth in the area. Wants to try to do a tie-in with the schools.
1: Cool. Very nice. Well, yeah, that's, uh, it's, you kind of drive by it now and it's kind of sad because you see (laughs) some of the old, like, rides and remnants of (laughs) Champions Fun Center. And
4: it's like one of those amusement park pictures where they shut the amusement park down, isn't
1: it? Well, it's just sad because that is a place that hit, hit its heyday right along with, you know, my son growing up and and daughter to some degree too but having birthday parties there and going mini golfing there and riding the go-karts go there yep. and, and so i always drive by i look across the street and i always kind of feel a little sad about that so i'm glad there's something that's going to be going in there that could be doing some real good uh all right uh a lot of questions about fresh time at 50th and 0 we got the nice salvation lights uh salvation army tree of lights out there now in that area to to drive by but uh this, this grocery store is open for a fairly short time and now you got this what seems to be a pretty nice building that's just been sitting there for months here yeah. at this point. What do we know?
4: Well, Deb from Ashleman Commercial Realty, she's turned into an investigative reporter for us. Nice. Um she went out there, did a little bit of stalking and spoke with a manager. His name is Dan Trin, and the new business is going to be fresh. International market. Um, they are going to specialize in live lobsters, crabs, fish, clam, and Asian produce. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they're gonna have a kitchen that will offer sushi and dim sum among other things. Um and this is kind of a I don't know if I'd call it a chain, but maybe a regional operation. They have four locations in the Midwest. This is the first location in Nebraska. They will also be opening stores in North Carolina and Texas, and they hope to be open before the Asian New Year's holidays.
1: So they exist in, yeah, they've got uh, Illinois, they've got Schaumburg, Champaign, uh, East Lansing uh West lafayette it's kind of big tent raleigh north carolina saint louis yeah um austin is is coming soon as well
4: that's an interesting the, listen, collection of cities isn't it it's a They're, lot of
1: college it's, ta- spread it's out. college towns yeah um but this will be i mean it it's looks like the right exact right kind of of building for this but you should uh, you check out the the website for it uh right now i mean it's a nice well developed like uh web called authentic asian Gro- grocery for the most passionate food explorer um and and, and so it'll be you know it's because you had the situation where you had so many grocery options within such a short small area um you had you obviously super saver then you got the hy V there whole then you had, whole, you had the whole foods and then you've got the natural grocers natural IGA, that was over there as well yeah, they were all right there and so maybe this one that's got a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a niche to it with with kind of being the asian yeah. grocery well and, um,
7: and take note that several of those are kind of that way you know yeah
1: they all yeah whole foods, whole foods is, is to some but it grocers. felt like whole foods natural grocers and even maybe fresh time to a degree we're all kind of trying Somewhat to do similar. a little bit of the same thing and it, it it seems like this one is different but yeah check out the the website this is um it's quite a website looks like an interesting place so
4: fresh international market for those who love to cook, cook asian food started in, Lan-
1: started in lansing michigan um and he and his team are uh, dedicated uh wish to bring vibrant lifestyle and the best authentic flavor to their communities so there you go very interesting their their goal is to be the best destination for global flavors in town without a visa <laughs> 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 that's what it says i like that
4: all right well in Let- your point about college students you know if that was the reason for picking those those cities imagine how at home you would feel if you were able to come to lincoln yeah
1: that's true and
4: find those ingredients
1: right right um all right other things uh that we've got here uh, submitted here by uh kylie uh, about uh fallbrook something that's happened out there what do we have there go ahead robin
4: um kylie ward no notif- or sent us a picture of driftwood drive-through vet clinic this and there's a picture we have it on facebook um first and mckelvey road so that is that is north almost like Almost past the city limit, but it still has a Lincoln address um and it what it looks like it just looks like a metal building with a row of overhead doors. but what you do is you park in front of the garage doors to be helped with your pet and for boarding and grooming, you check in curbside <laughs> really so, yeah
1: so well it's if you but now that I'm a dog owner, uh I can tell you the pet clinic waiting rooms can get a bit insane if you've ever been to one so maybe that's the thought behind this maybe a little bit
4: keeps pets safe from it each is, other. man
1: if you uh, i i mean uh, for the people who work at the front desk at at veterinary clinics and those sorts of <laughs> things i feel for you that's a referee that is, job it is a lot li- yes it is a loud job you, you, there's a lot there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah. up there let's just,
7: well, let's just i noticed our vet during the pandemic everybody was sitting out in the parking lot and they would come out and get you.
4: Yes, yeah, which, which yeah. Change things. Several a bit. of those visits.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, and then uh, last but not least, Dave, some news maybe on a uh, new auto parts shop. Yeah, I've been getting some phone calls
7: about this, uh, and it, this is at 5500 Old Cheney, uh, in the former uh, space occupied by. Four star card and gift gallery. There is going to be an O'Reilly's auto parts going into that facility. Oh, okay. So, anybody in South Lincoln, Southeast Lincoln, in need of some car parts, you are going to have a new uh,
1: place to pick those up. Yeah, that'll be. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's something is like that, that real close. Yeah, is well, that
4: about as far? Is there anything like that at 84th and Highway 2?
7: not oh, it's like- yet i mean there's the firestone store that's out there that does some mechanic work and tires obviously But they
4: don't sell the uh, aftermarket stuff
7: like- no there is a facility at uh edgewood that is a auto parts store there used to oh, be a, there? Okay. there used to be a napa store in the alamo plaza and it has uh okay been removed there's and one so, i
1: mean a little bit further north there's van Dorn plaza there's right uh, and that's the an,
7: closest that's the closest o'reilly's and yeah. then there is an o'reilly's at 11th and arapaho
1: okay
4: but right. yeah this would be about as far south and east as, yeah, the, okay. as that, there uh, is
7: except for the other one at 56th and yeah if, at, except at, on the other
4: side yeah, yeah.
1: All right, Robin, uh, no show this week because of uh, football. Anything else, though, that you want to people be aware of?
4: UNL College of Business is having a free webinar on noon at Friday, and this is going to be about how many offices in Nebraska are growing. And... I've seen the numbers. It's a little bit surprising considering all the doom and gloom we've been hearing about lately um, and how many offices are downsizing in light of the remote work trend. Um, so if you want to attend that, it's free Google webinars, UNL College of Business, if you are puzzling over office planning for your company.
1: All right. Very good. Thank you very much, Robin and Dave. Shoot them a lot of good questions this week. Continue to uh, send those their way. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter, both at Grow Lincoln. They do a great job of Getting you some answers. Uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanksgiving is next week. So that's uh, right, yeah, so that's we'll right.
4: Well, have a good holiday, yep. you guys. Same Hope too. you have fun.
1: We'll yep. see you on Thursday, two Thursdays from now. Day twenty-five. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. What are you
0: thankful for this year? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does. What he says. Touchdown. No! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Shaw. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing.
1: Yes, it is, and, uh, got a lot of ears on him last night around the state, around the Husker, uh, football fandom Husker football media and everything else as uh, Trev Alberts appeared on sports Night, as did Mickey Joseph it was a, it was a big lineup light last night and, and uh, Greg of course was uh, doing those interviews Greg did he give you a like a secret signal or something when he walked in or just pass you a note that that said uh, Lane Kiffin on it or something that you can tell us about now
5: no no he, he didn't he didn't he, he uh, I will say just kind of sense in his body language and demeanor. He seemed very relaxed and calm. Now whether you take that as that he's got it done or it feels where he, he's headed is a good spot, I guess I, I guess I would take that away from it. But Trev's Trev's a good poker player. I don't think I'd want to get into a game with him.
1: Like, how does it even just kind of background of this repeal? when something like this comes in and he's obviously got some things he knows, but he knows and, you know, he's not going to tell you all of them. And and you've got to figure out what you can ask and what he will say, but you still want it to be good for your listeners. Like how what's the calculus for like as a radio guy, I'm particularly interested in
3: this.
5: Yeah, it is. It's a bit of a balancing act. I mean, I, I can just kind of read. Like I said, I, I'm big into reading body language, and I know if I'm getting to an area where he, he, he wants to go a different direction, you, you kind of steer it a different way. But, you know, I, I I also think I think people appreciate that Trev's fairly transparent. I mean, he tells you what he can at this point in time, and, and I don't think he tries to hide behind too much stuff. But it, it's also you got to play this. This is this is a high-stakes saying with this. It's a big hire. He knows it. Our yeah. fan base knows it. We all know it. We've got to get this thing right. And I think one of the tough questions was from a listener in Lincoln just said, you know, Trev, it's been a rough 20 years. What's why? Why hasn't it worked? And what can you do to make sure that the next one that you bring in here is going to go? And I thought he, you know, he, he danced around it some, but he realizes it comes down to. Getting the right person in the right spot and going from there. Yeah,
1: um, to the degree that you could. I mean, obviously, you know, we've been we've been listening to it, talking about it throughout the course of of the morning. But I, what did you think was notable? What did you learn, if if anything, uh, throughout the the conversation? Other beyond kind of what you said with the body language and the way that he he did answer the questions and the things that he said.
5: I would be surprised if there's not a new coach announcement within seventy two hours at the end of the Iowa game. Okay. So you know we finish up Iowa Friday night because it's the three o'clock kick. I-, I would be surprised if we don't know something by the following Monday. So I, I just I get a sense again by his calm reactions that he's got this thing where he wants it and it's going to pop as soon as the season comes to an end.
1: And 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 then I do naturally what I do with every little bit of of information. If that if that's the case, it does make you. Wonder. Okay, would a reason for that be that you're waiting for someone else to finish their season at another school before you do that? That's just the the first thing I wonder. What do you do? You think that plays into that? Certain
5: yeah, certainly I think that could be a possibility. And the number, the number two part of that is I don't know that you want to distract the current team, the current True. staff. True. You want to let them finish it out. You don't want some announcements. You know, to to come out, and then all the coaches go, all right, yeah, that's it, we're done, we're, we're finished. And so I yeah. think you know you kind of hold it back for that as well.
1: Maybe, yeah, that was always something I kind of wrestled with. Like if it, you know, when rule Matt Rule's name was 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 out there for a while, and now maybe that's gone again. I don't know, but w- when it was somebody who didn't have another job, like, do you what are the what are the reasons for and against announcing it early versus late? And you pointed out obviously one of the reasons that you do you would wait even if you could do it early. Is just not to not to overshadow the existing season and and make it feel even more lame duck than it is. But then there's also you know recruiting other organizations, just extra weeks of preparation. And so I guess I, I always wondered how that balance kind of plays out uh, between right. those two. If you have that option,
5: which they made. And, the and the other thing he was really adamant about last night was he was very very complimentary of Mickey and the job that Mickey has done. And the, and the other, other assistant coaches on the staff, he, he said, they they really held this together. He goes, he, he goes, the move we made in September, he said, it could have been really chaotic and it could have just been really nasty from there to the end. But he goes, this team has competed hard. He goes, we haven't won as much as we would like. Uh, some injuries at the key positions, namely quarterback, certainly has, uh, I think, prevented Nebraska from maybe getting another win or two here mm-hmm. in the last month or so. Uh, but he he was very very complimentary, and I think any Husker fan right now would be pretty happy with what they've what they've gotten from Mickey Joseph. I think Mickey has really acquitted himself very very well. He loves Nebraska football, and he has put his heart and soul into the last two months.
1: And that leads me to my next question, which is is kind of the same same thing that I asked. I'm just curious, what you picked up from Mickey? We'll get into the stuff about the game this week, but um, he he continues to say things, and I think he did again last night that indicates hey. I'm open, I'm interested, I I, I I want to, I'm not interested in leaving here right now. Is that is that consistently the vibe that you've gotten from him in all your interactions with him so far?
5: It is. and I think Mickey, uh, you know, I don't think Mickey's been given an indication really one way or the other from Trev, but I think Mickey's the kind of guy that I'm going to put my whole heart and soul into it and then see where the chips fall from there. I also think Mickey, you know, I, because he loves Nebraska so much, I don't think Mickey would be opposed to sticking around. If, if, if the new coach, if it is a different guy, the new coach would offer Mickey a position, I think he would entertain, highly entertain, staying on and being a part of the next staff.
1: How hard do you think that would be? Because originally that was my, my always my first thought. I was like, they have got to figure out a way to keep him there. And then I thought, well, you know, can Trev... Can or would Trevor require the next coach? Keep him there? Can he? Can he? Or would he do that? And then, how much? How hard is it to have a guy who was the guy go back and not be the guy for a while? Just how? How kind of practical do you think that really could be if somebody comes in from the outside and takes over?
5: It, it, it's it's totally going to be an individual decision, and, and that's going to be how comfortable is the next guy in his own skin to go. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be threatened by that. But I also think Mickey. Mickey's the kind of guy that I think he could blend in with a new guy moving forward. But I think that's just going to be a personal choice. And, and hey, who knows, Jack, that might be part of the uh, interview process from Trev. that maybe that's part of the deal. We don't know. Yeah. We'll find out, I think, in the coming days. But that's part of the intrigue of all this is, is Mickey part of the equation moving forward as a lead assistant, associate head coach, the title that he had four months ago as he was the associate head coach? Is that a possibility moving forward? These are all great questions that hopefully we get answered sooner than later. (laughs)
1: It's all great questions that we've been constantly speculating on (laughs) to to the point of exhaustion right now, uh, and maybe just a couple weeks of that left. And then then the more on-the-field stuff, you also broke some news last night. Uh, You finally get the feeling for the first time uh, that Casey Thompson is is going to have a real shot at uh, being on the field on Saturday.
5: Yeah, we've heard it now three times in in 48 hours. First, Mickey at his press conference on Tuesday said, "Well, he practiced on Tuesday." And then Mark Whipple, after yesterday's practice, said, "Yeah, he practiced quite a bit today." And Mickey last night reaffirmed that. Um, and, and I, hey, that's great. That a, a lot of signs pointing to that Mick, that he's going to be able to play Saturday against Wisconsin. And you know, I maybe maybe you, you had more urgency once you lost Chubba with the, the high ankle sprain that mm-hmm. now you're down you're down some bodies in that quarterback room and I know Casey's such a big competitor he wants to play if at all possible and you're know, going back to one of your earlier questions how different does the Illinois and Minnesota games look if, if Casey doesn't get hurt and oh, he's yeah. part of that game he goes out when we were ahead nine to six over Illinois at that point in time and uh, you kind of felt like we were in good stead, and then you have a really good first half against Minnesota. Could have been a great first half. Casey Thompson, a bigger quarterback.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take a football expert to see that since he's gone down, this offense has struggled. You know, really with the up, uh, the exception of that little bit against Minnesota there um, it, it, in that game as well. How you know? I know this offense has been humming. It sometimes under Casey. I don't know what other factors are playing into the problems. Is it just a quarterback thing? Is it but you know partially an offensive line sort of thing? How how quickly do you think this offense, if you get Casey back in, can get to being one that's at least? I mean, I said the bar hope too high, but you know, competent to win a Big Ten football game at this point, which they haven't been.
5: Well, how much rest is he going to have? I mean, when you haven't played in a couple of weeks and you're still maybe not full strength, how much of that? I'll add a third equation to why the, the offense is struggling. We've been playing really good defenses the last month. or You know, all these mm-hmm. top ten type defenses uh, yeah. just make life really difficult. And the weather. Certainly the weather Saturday in, in Ann Arbor was not nice, and it's going to be really cold. I What's the game time temperature? Be? High. You had
1: yeah, I've got rusty on yet this week. Nope, or, we uh, have rusty with the draft on tomorrow. But I can tell you right 18, now, sixteen for Saturday kickoff is looking like twenty-six, but a wind at eighteen miles an oh. hour. So oh. that feels like is going to be in the whew, I don't know. That feels like it will be pretty low, probably into the teens.
5: So that that changes what you got to do as well. I mean, and if you you know you better be able to run the ball a little bit on on Saturday if it's going to be that windy because it's hard to throw the football and in that those temperatures it's hard the thing turns into a rock and it's hard to catch it so yeah but Casey will certainly help I think we've all now maybe appreciate Casey more after what we've seen the last couple of weeks
1: how the, the Wisconsin thing, it's, you know, it's 10 years, man, it's been, it's been so long. And, and you've got kind of these competing factors here where the bowl game is now out of the question. You're, you're, you've got so much focus on what's next for the program and who gets named as this coach. Do you think there's still, do you still think there's anything there just in terms of a desire within those walls? to beat Wisconsin because they're Wisconsin and it's a, you know, and it's a, some people don't like to use the word, but I'll say it's a rivalry. Uh, it's a, I maybe mean, it's a division rivalry. I think Iowa is the same way. Do you, do you think there is that desire within the walls of that program to beat those two teams? Because, you know, they're division rivals. They're teams that you want to beat because of who they are.
5: I sure get the sense that the guys still have some fights left in them. And, and Mickey reiterated that last night, that they felt like they really liked the spirit and practice the last two weeks. And God bless these kids because it, is, it has been a year that they've been through and to continue to fight and play hard. And I thought they did a quick line defense through the end of the Michigan game even last week too. when they were down. I thought they kept their effort up really high and, and kept battling away. We played some more guys in the second half, and I think that helps because you got some young guys trying to make an impression a little bit. So, you know, until I see otherwise, yeah, I think there's some fight left for these guys. And sure, these are teams that, They're tired of losing to both Wisconsin and Iowa coming down the stretch of this thing. So yeah, I, as long as I still continue to see fight, I'll believe that the guys haven't. I think there's good leaders on this team, uh, led by Garrett Nelson. Who you know he's not going to not going to just stop fighting just because there's no full yeah. game in the future.
1: Yeah, and he gets the frustration with that with that series yep. too, uh, as, mu- as much as anyone does. Uh, this is Senior Day, Greg. It's a weird phenomenon. Now it used to be Senior Day. You know, it was you had this group of seniors, you were saying goodbye to them. Like, I don't know who we're saying goodbye to ever. <laughs> who's go, who's walking? And somebody pointed out that it's a different sport, but like Derek Walker's had like three senior days already. And he, he keeps coming back. I was at the women's basketball game last year and a bunch of, bunch of, you know, play, Nicklin Hames had her senior day. So I don't, like, I don't. I don't know exactly, is there anything you know we can read into who is going to be walking and who isn't walking uh, for the senior day things? I know there's been some news about that this week.
5: maybe how many did Mojo Haggy have like twelve <laughs>
0: um, yeah uh,
5: there are twelve uh that are absolutely exhausting their eligibility yes they're done so that we know there are twelve. I think you'll probably see about twenty five guys get their names introduced because. Mm-hmm. Of, you know they have decisions. Maybe they've already graduated. Maybe they're like, you know what, I'm kind of done being a college football player, and not that I'm going to be in the NFL, but I'm ready to move on. I get, a, I want to get a job and start earning money and doing that type of thing. So I think you'll probably see 25, 26 guys that get introduced, and then this will give us great fodder to talk about in the coming weeks. How yeah, many of those guys decide to come back, and right. some of that may depend on what what the new coaching staff wants to implement. So. Those conversations all have to take place, but as Mickey said, I'd rather guys do it and then get a second one later if they do come back than not have one to kind of finish it off. So you'll see a lot more, I think, Saturday than, than we'll be actually leaving the program. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that'll all be future conversations for us. And the
1: names who are leaving, you know, are leaving for sure, uh, you know, Travis Vokalek, uh, big one there, uh, Hickson, Bando, yep. right? Seniors, Omar, Manning, yep. Caleb, Tanner. Um, the, so there's certainly some names there. But you make a really good point. I think Oliver Martin would be one of those two. But you make you make a really good point. Is I, I was looking at the roster the other day, Greg, and and trying to figure out who was and who wasn't seniors. And I realized that all these guys probably aren't coming back. But there are a ton of huge contributors on this team that could be back next year or could not be back next year. And that is going to be, uh, you referred to it, it's it's going to be a major story. But, I mean, go through the list. Trey Palmer, Quentin Newsome, Anthony Grant, uh, Marcus Washington, Casey Thompson, I guess, for that matter. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis. These are all guys with time left. And that's going to quickly become a huge story whenever the new coach is announced.
5: No doubt. And some of those guys pretty good players, right? And you look at the defense, and – I think you can get kind of excited about the future of the defense. Two true freshmen are playing a lot. Malcolm Hartzog and Ernest Hausman are playing an awful lot for this team, and they're good players. And you know, even like even Isaac Gifford, he's not—he's a sophomore, so yeah. he's got a couple of years left in his game. And and those guys have all become pretty good quality Big Ten players that you can certainly build a core around. Now, you know, I think the if Casey Thompson decides he wants to come back, if I'm the new coach, well, I would say absolutely take yeah. that guy. He started. 20-some games in his college career, and he's had some really good luck. i would be a perfect guy to start building your offense around for 2023. Uh, obviously, th- to me, the first area of concern needs to be that offensive line, particularly if you've got Band on Hickson now that are done. That's two of your starters that are gone. They, they really need to attack that either with the portal or junior college editions or whatever moving into uh, the summer and or the winter and, and spring.
1: Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, of the of the defense, you know, the only guys who are guaranteed gone who have been significant contributors are are Tanner and and of arch I guess. Um, for the most, part. I mean, you know, Mauga Clements has played a little bit this year. He's he's a senior, but other than that, you can bring back nearly the entire defense if you can right. actually do it. Um, right. and and they've and, and I agree with exactly what you said. They've. I've been I've been impressed with them more than I've not been impressed with them, especially how the season began. and, and Bill Bush I think has done a great job with them. Uh, you can
5: have the entire secondary back, yeah, and then the linebackers with Reimer and Henrich is coming back, yeah. and, and now that Ernest has established himself. You have got a core there. You're going okay. That that can play next right. year,
1: right? Well, I'm, I'm going to guess those guys like Reimer, Nelson, Henrich, um, uh, and 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 as you mentioned, Hausman. They're all Nebraska <laughs> guys. Like those guys, I kind of expect. I expect Correct. to will be back. So, Correct. yeah, that that maybe is something that the new coach is going to bank on a little bit. Real quickly, uh, I know. I know you did the interviews last night because you got early Nebraska basketball tonight. I don't know, is this a, a, a chance for Nebraska basketball to sort of, this is the first real test, I guess, this year, and and uh, I, I don't know, what are you looking for? What What tonight might get you uh, to the point where you're saying, okay, you know, maybe this is a year we see significant improvement.
5: Go compete. Be in the game. Be in the game with the under four timeout with a, with a shot. I think that would be a real encouragement. Uh, for this team, I liked what I've seen. I have really enjoyed it. I went to both the first two home games and really enjoyed what I saw. And I don't know if anybody caught it, but Maine went on the road the other night and beat BC. So, really? That's a nice hey. win. We play, we play Boston College here in a couple of weeks, but Maine went there and won. So, uh, and, and I know UNO got a victory Sunday over Idaho. Good. So, I, you know, I, I like what I see, and I know we're, we're at some point in time, Derek Walker is coming back. I, yeah. You know, once, once we get that mystery all figured out. And and you put him into what looks like a pretty good group already, and a low post and a reliable score inside. Uh, Uh, Hey, I'm really encouraged. with Greg. You're getting me
1: fired up. Don't do this. You're doing. You're getting me. You're getting me fired up. And now I'm going to pump the brakes because (laughs) I don't. You know, I'm still not calling that this is an NCAA tournament team. But I think this is going to
5: be a team that we're going to really enjoy following. And. And rooting for. I'll take the next it. Three
1: months. I will take it. I'll take it right now. Hey, Greg. Great job last night. Appreciate uh, you having on, uh, be on the network and K- the network uh, having KLIN be a part of the network. You and bet. Uh, we'll be we'll be listening on Saturday and uh, looking forward to hear it. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Jack. There you go. Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red. Safety 6, six. We'll wrap it up after this on KLIN. Sign
0: up for the daily at KLIN.com. to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email.